summer short? Should you not give employees the benefit design they think they want? Today, I am speaking with Lauren Vella. American healthcare entrepreneurs and executives you want to know. Talking. Relentlessly seeking value. Lauren Vela is back on the pod today with a summer short that originally was a section of episode 406 that unfortunately I had to cut. It was a little bit tangential to the why with the employer inertia theme that the original episode was about. But tangential does not mean unimportant. This clip has some really critical insights on a different topic that may or may not, to a greater or lesser degree, contribute to inertia. And I'm going to call this other topic, the benefit design that most employees might ultimately be the most satisfied with might not be the one that they are explicitly asking for. Let's start with three kind of market research insights that Lauren Vella, my guest today, uncovered when interviewing friends and neighbors not in the healthcare industry about their benefits. And she talks about them in the interview that follows. But here they are in some. Number one, nobody reads their benefit information. Number two, they are unhappy with their benefits. And number three, the most important thing for them is to have choice. They want to avoid the notion of managed care. In thinking about this, I was reminded of a Henry Ford quote. If I asked my customers what they wanted, they would have told me a faster horse. Or Steve Jobs famously said, some people say, give the customers what they want, but that's not my approach. Our job is to figure out what they're going to want before they do. Jobs' whole thing, after all, was that true innovation often comes from anticipating customer needs and desires before they can articulate them themselves. So let me reconcile Lauren's findings when she interviewed people about what they want in their benefits and what Henry Ford and Steve Jobs have to say about the matter. First of all, patients slash plan members, most people have never experienced a comprehensive primary care situation where they are assisted in finding the highest quality specialists or subspecialists and have their care coordinated. They have never had someone worrying about them in their in-between spaces, as Dr. Amy Scanlon put it, between appointments. This is all just a fantasy. It is a reputed Shangri-La that almost no one has ever seen with their own two eyes. But what many have seen, I have, you have, are narrow networks in which cost containment is wielded like a brute force weapon, where, for example, the NCI-designated cancer centers are out of network as a way to make sure that people with cancer don't sign up for your plan or don't last long on your plan if they do. Did I say that out loud? Do I sound like I suffer from a brutal lack of trust? Yes, I do. And I was just role-playing there, an employee, probably pretty accurately. Most of us remember the HMO Agogo years when your PCP was an administrative gatekeeper and you had to see them to get a specialist appointment, except you never could see them. Wait times were weeks or months, obviously by design, right? But this way too expensive PPO model is the devil I know, because even if it totally sucks, it's better than the conspiracy theories and or accurate or exaggerated recollections of other options. Here are my recommended next steps. Listen to the shows with Dr. Vivek Garg and Dr. Scott Kennard and Dr. Doug Eby as a start. All three make it really clear that advanced primary care, maybe even direct primary care, can not only save money, but it also can produce better health and patients are super happy and usually clinicians too. It's like a quadruple aim home run. 
But none of this can happen if we say, in air quotes, integrated care or advanced primary care, and you have to go there and get a referral and then leave whatever that means up to employees or plan members' imaginations. Communication is really required here, as it is when rolling out most new things, not just cars or cellular telephones. And with that, here is Lauren Vella. I saw this cartoon. I'll stick it in the show notes. There's a pharmacist and he's holding up a bottle of pills looking at a patient and he says, your money or your life. (laughs) I mean, like, these are the decisions. I'm laughing. It's so not funny that employees that are commercially insured across the country are truly facing. You would actually think that it would, in fact, be a benefit differentiator to be able to tell employees, look, I'm going to get you integrated care, which is certainly something that many employees have raised their hands up and said, I would rather have like integrated care is in fact a message that resonates. The cost of care is becoming such a huge issue these days. Like employees and employers can be on the same team if they choose to be. It's not like you're saving a couple of bucks at that employee's expense. It's almost the other way around. I don't disagree. I think Americans are getting very fed up. But when you mentioned that the employees are now saying, look, okay, I get it. I'll take the integrated care. But do they really understand what that means? Are they really willing to say, even though there's a lot of data to suggest that this would be so much better, are they willing to say, yes, I will have a primary care provider and I will go to that primary care provider and I will invite that primary care provider to be my quarterback. I mean, are our employees really saying that? I don't think they're totally saying that yet, even though there's data to show that that would be so much better, but we still have so many folks not using primary care that way. They're going right to specialists. They're not always identifying the best, highest value, highest quality specialist. Now, some companies are taking an effort to try to bring that information, but it's it's not easy. When I was at PBJH, I did this video. It was very amateurish, but it was a huge wake-up call, I think, for a lot of folks. And what I did is I just interviewed a bunch of people who have employer-sponsored insurance, but not people like you and I who are in the industry or anybody who's in the, no benefit folks, right? I just interviewed friends and families and neighbors, folks who have employer-sponsored insurance. They're accountants and lawyers and factory workers. They were not in the healthcare business. And I asked them what they think and how they use it. Some of them didn't even know what they have, right? None of them listen or read their benefits information. They all (laughs) made that point. They they basically are all unhappy. So that's the irony of all of this effort that we have at our employers to really attract and retain and keep everybody happy. But no one's really happy. I mean, it costs too much. It's very complicated. It's very confusing. But what they also said is, but thank goodness, we most important thing is to have choice. Because if I get sick, I have to be able to go wherever I want to go. So they wanted to avoid this notion of managed care. So I hear what you're saying. Americans want something better. I don't doubt that at all. I'm not sure that Americans really know what would be better. Like really what would be better is for everybody to have a, a primary care provider who helped them make the right decisions and that we gave the primary care provider the time and the resources and paid them appropriately to have a have a team, not just the doctor, but a team that included a pharmacist and a diabetic educator and a nurse and a a mental health professional and that there was 24-7 access and all these things that we know would be would make for better integrated primary care and that they would help make 
referral decisions and that they would have the data to know where to refer. So they were referring to specialists who are higher quality and higher value. I mean, that would be better, but if the healthcare system is so broken, how do you fix it without disrupting what everybody thinks is important? If you said to a person, I mean, and maybe we are seeing this, there are efforts right now for companies to say, okay, look, we'll put this model in place and we'll make it less expensive, very cost-effective for the employee, hopefully to choose the model. And let's see what happens. And I think I think there's something to be said for that. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? So let's talk about going over to our website and typing your email address in the box to get the weekly email about the show that has come out. Sometimes people don't do that because they have subscribed on iTunes or Spotify and or were friends on LinkedIn. What you get in that email is a full and unredacted, unedited version of the whole introduction of the show transcribed. There's also show notes with timestamps, just apprising you of the options that are available. Thanks so much for listening.